Hello and welcome to the Brian Moylet podcast. I'm your host, Brian Moylet, former Irish age grade international rugby player turned high performance mindset coach. Each week on this podcast, I bring you an interesting person or message to help you discover how to be happier, more fulfilled and more successful. My new book, The Book on How You Become a Pro Rugby Player is available now on Amazon and Audible with links in the show notes. If you love this podcast, please send on some friends. You can subscribe on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify and can also leave five-star reviews there. Thanks, Emil, for spending some time with me today. Now let's get into it. Hey, hope you're keeping well. Just a quick one before we get started. Myself and Ricky had this chat about five weeks ago. That's when we recorded it. And just to give you context, so it was before the start of the Rugby Championship not that it makes too much of a difference, but I mentioned in it, we'll see how the All Blacks go after a bit of a decline in the last couple of years, losing to teams they probably wouldn't have over the previous 10. But I've been seriously impressed by the All Blacks, these first two tests against Argentina and South Africa. And watching them, I think or feel that they've looked at Ireland and seen what has made Ireland so successful over the last two years and taken some learnings from that and implemented them. Not copy them, but just taken some learnings. And a couple of them. So against South Africa, New Zealand kicked quite a lot, tactically and really well. And I think it was a huge, had a huge impact on the game or was a big reason why they had success. And then another massive one in the first two games is New Zealand have started a million miles an hour. So against Argentina, they literally just came out in fifth gear, blew them away. And they did the exact same against South Africa. Started in fifth gear, blew them away the first half. South Africa came into it a little bit in the second half, but New Zealand did really well to keep them out. And this is something that I feel Ireland implemented about 18 months ago two years ago whereas when New Zealand were so dominant from like 2010 2009 till 2019 2020 they didn't come out and blitz teams New Zealand would just go with the opposition for 40 50 60 minutes and then they would go to a new level like even before Ireland beat them and have since beat them a few times. Ireland were often in the game against the All Blacks with 50 minutes gone, 60 minutes gone, but then New Zealand will go to a new level. So I think that Ireland have set a precedence on how you win big test matches, that you have to start at a ridiculous pace and then keep it up. And so... Anyway, we'll see what happens with the World Cup. It'll be interesting. Like The likes of South Africa, I don't think they can do that because that's not their game. But I think France might do that as well. And look, it'll be interesting. And the third thing, what I think, feel New Zealand have maybe looked at Ireland and seen is um, they're playing very instinctively, not so much to a structure in that they're back in their skill set you can see they're in in flow they're making decisions at the line and playing at that huge pace so 
anyway there are just some thoughts also before we get into it the audio isn't the best in this episode i was a bit disappointed when i was listening back and i was like oh it's not great and when we were recording it there were some difficulties but i just said i'd put it out anyway because look i really enjoyed the chat and there's some good stuff in it so i think you'll really enjoy it too um yeah audio look it's i was frustrated by it but with anything like win or learn just i learned from it and be better going forward and i just want to keep the podcast weekly i do have another episode recorded with the crusaders coach and that will be coming out next monday but yeah i just said no i wanted to put this one out and um, but anyway that's that hope you enjoyed the chat so i'm with ricky crib on instagram aurukai07 mental skills flow mindfulness and well-being coach as we were chatting earlier, uh, good to good to jump on, Ricky. Good to be chatting with you. Good to see you again, man. Always a joy, bro. So, how is uh, how's life? Yeah, good, mate. The last, um, I think, uh, like I think I've mentioned to you, I've my three couple of young kids, three kids at home with me at the moment. So, you know, that's been my priority for the last last wee bit, and. Um, if they all get into school soon, then hopefully that'll free me up a bit more to do, do a bit more coaching, get, get back into work with, and yeah, see what happens. Good, good stuff. We are still pretty active with all the content on Instagram. I love it. And what you're doing there. Yeah, it's, um, I, it's, for me, it's, it's just, a, it's like a creative, uh, way to express myself creatively you know what I mean it's sort of like um, I'm sure you're familiar too it's sort of things come to you or you know sometimes they do sometimes they don't and you go you go for different periods and um, so yeah I'm doing some coaching when I can on the weekends a little bit but um, the balance is just pretty important right now is what I'm doing and yeah I, I, I do think that I've got a bit of holiday coming up and then my yeah, look at look at doing some more stuff around August, September, potentially. Um, see what happens, mate. Cool. And what's interesting you at the moment? Like I saw you put up something there about uh, Eddie Jones and in in the world of sport, <laughs> I suppose. What what are you what are you seeing? What's what are you interested in? Yeah, that again, man. Like I said, I like I just came across that article, and you know, I don't. It's it's not like. I'm trying to create things or trying to force things. It's just sort of came to me reading the article. And I think people miss what I'm saying. Like, and it, it's um, like that article in particular, when I was reading it, um, like having been, having been within teams and worked with players, and Eddie Jones says himself at the top level, it's becoming more like psychological warfare. You know, and he said that himself, the psyche, um, you know, how to how to use use almost psychological tactics of whatever belief and so on. So when I when I see that, I think when he's coming to the Wallabies, if the context is important, I think he's he's doing that, right? Which is great. Like he talks up his players, saying um, you know, they can be the best in the world. I think he said that about Tom um Tom Wright. You probably can, and 
and that they're going to win the World Cup, which is his style, right? And then, so he, like I said, when I when I posted about that, it's a bit like the art of war, looking strong and, you know, you're going to win, you're building your team up, which is great. And I get what he's doing in it, you know. It is, it's a good thing in one sense. But when you, um, like, when you look at the fact that they've won, like, 30% of games or something in the last, you know what I mean? There's a reality as well that's there. And I, I just thought it sounded pretty desperate. Like, I don't think it's by chance that it's in the media, right? We've got three psychologists, and it said something like, the psychologist is going to need a psychologist. They're working so hard. And when I just read it, like, they are going to come and give us belief and a couple of the players saying, you know, we've, we've never had this. We need the mindset. We need the belief. Uh, to me, it was just like, man, this, if, I, if I'm in a, if I'm in like a, at the international level where you got Lions, right? If I'm reading that, I'm like, man, we're talking a few months from the World Cup and you're, it's, it just seemed a bit desperate, man. You're having people come in to give you belief. Like, I'd never, I know that's how psychology works. But I'd never, ever, I'd never, ever, like, one, I'd never force that because you can't really force anything like that. Two, I think it's it's a reframing in terms of empowering or recognising the power you have and, you know, that the presence, like, I, I don't know, man, it goes it goes pretty deep and I, and I think people can miss the point. And so, yeah, so so I guess what I'm saying is that it, it's, I know how hard this is to get, man, but. But the 80, 90% of your being and presence, the subconscious, unconscious, is kind of what I'm what I'm referring to in terms of, you know what I mean? And that, that's just, I mean, that's I'm not that's not necessarily good or bad, but that's just the, the reality of what I'm looking at, which I think can get missed. Um, you know, because I know how great sports psychology can be and how many good tools there are, but I think when you go deeper and, and start looking at things that probably, you know, would, like I like I use the example in that post of a Maori culture in New Zealand who whose way of looking at the world was completely different to that. You know, like you couldn't get more different, like a hundred percent, which was more about the essence and, and connectedness and being is totally different. So because because the, the the two things are you know almost so different it seems like I don't know yeah I, I don't know what, what do you think man I, I think you can see what I'm trying to say but it's it's not easy to sort of express and within you know certainly. yeah I know exactly what you're saying and in that Eddie Jones understands the narrative and the importance of the narrative and the mystique and the so even with Eddie Jones himself like he has created a mystique an aura around him which like you say with the psychological warfare it's so true and it's even similar at underage level at at club level in that you know you can look a certain way be a certain way and present a certain way like even if you're all togged out in the same gear and just like moving as one and you can have a presence and then you you can just do certain things that that would lead the other team to kind of think oh geez they're 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 what they are or you know they're more than they are you know and Eddie Jones understands that and yeah he's he's putting out narratives which he always does and for 
most of the world that's yeah like they they read that oh eddie jones has brought in these that the other did you see in the news what eddie jones did did you see in the news that eddie jones has brought in three psychologists oh yeah oh wow i wonder what they're doing in there geez i wonder what's happening in the australian camp and this you know and then people are going on like that and then and that's just all that's what are in people's minds so they're thinking about what's happening in there versus like yeah silencing all that out and taking it for what it is like which you said a team that's won 30 percent of their games exactly you're right and, and to be fair mate i remember when he coached uh when he was coaching england and it was similar right I, I at the time i only remember seeing like headings from the news like he's bringing in this and he's this and like he just made them seem like he was giving us almost already a which probably exceeded their, you know what I mean, which in, on some levels wasn't really there. Whereas I think when you look at um, an, an example to compare it to is the All Blacks from when they lost the 2007 uh, World Cup. Um, when they, they said that the one pillar they were missing was the mindset, right? So the coaches said this at the time. So they, they went all in on it and whatever. That, that was really their focus for what, pretty much eight years and like the aura there that they built you're not gonna like I guess part of my point is like Eddie for me he's building like a a um the way he's doing it he's building just as an example he's building like a straw house built on sand like mate you, you know whereas the All Blacks in that period because they'd lost and they were in pain they went really deep you know they were they were they were vulnerable with it all. There's a, there's a quite a different starting point, right? To just wanting to win, and over that time, man, they they were building a rock house built on rock. That or you know how solid it was. And I guess part of my point is, if you're a competitor, which these these teams and these guys are, right? They're in the psyche of it all, almost like that psychological warfare stuff. Like the main point for me is you're going to sniff I think you're going to sniff that out now you're a few months here saying that someone's going to give you belief I'm just like I know he's like you're playing poker right he's, he thinks he's playing the full the full house and he's got like a five six or something and it's like I reckon man like that's for me as a towel that's like you're, you're like you're sort of showing you you're like as soon as you put that pressure on it's like so how much is this gonna you know what I mean when are you going to fold because, um, as you know, man, when the, when the pressure comes on, man, that's when you really get, you know, that's when the, I guess my point, man, just to, just to wrap that up, is that's when the, the subconscious and what's really there is going to be shown. And my point in that post was, if one of you going to do that, psychology in itself, by design, doesn't go into the subconscious, unconscious uh being and uh, the whole there's a whole different paradigm there so fighters i can't and that's not to say good ones can't do that but i think they need some level of you know other which i think good ones do have so it's not saying that good psychologists aren't good but even if you were going to go into all that at a deeper level and because you can transmute that energy and you can you can really shift that but, but yeah, trying to force that and like it just looks a bit messy, man. I, I don't know who's fully for that, mate. Uh, maybe that's good. Maybe they're doing it good and well. But again, even if they were, one, you should, I don't think you should force it because you know you're putting a 
almost put in a limit on it or you're a lot of power doesn't really come from force and two um, even if they did do it to do it that quickly what he's saying man to, to, to transfer the whole belief at a subconscious level is that's a huge thing man you can do it but like, like in my post I talked about Israel Adesanya who himself showed, showed to the world with, the, with the, all, all the world's eyes on it and he talks about this when, when he rematched um when he beat Pereira, the places he had to go, man, like it's it's almost like we we all have the potential as human beings, but it's it's still very rare. We are pretty superhuman, man. So he's pretty much saying it's gonna that, that's where I'm coming from, man. I don't know, who knows, man? <laughs> yeah, it's I understand it in that um and what you were mentioning with Maori culture and say Adesanya. And another one just recently watching the McGregor documentary about Habib, like Habib was like that too, just pure presence and didn't need to put out a narrative, didn't need to try and create anything. He was just completely connected. And when, and McGregor before the Mayweather fight was that. You look at yep. McGregor on his rise, if people look at it closely and People miss the point. They say, oh, he's a, a shit talker. Oh, he was just talking a big game. No, no, no. He he fully understood, not even believed, but just knew everything that he was saying was real. When he said, I picked around, when he, when he called the shots, he knew it. And it was coming from pure presence. And Adesanya is another example of that. And the All Blacks in there, when they turned things around in 2011, 2015, they didn't need to put out, we've got these psychologists in, we've got this. They were pure presence. They were, they were, the belief was coming from who they were. And that then creates the, the performance ultimately. And people see it then in that, we'll say this, say this Australian example. This is a team who's won 30% of their games. Eddie Jones knows that before this World Cup, he can't create that. He doesn't have the time. It's it's a, like you said, with the All Blacks, it's a long process. You can't just switch it on. But he wants to win a World Cup. And he's thinking, what what can I do here? So he's he's putting out these narratives. And and like you say, this the tactical psychological warfare. And, and he's brilliant. He's the, probably the best in the world at that. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I think on it. And you look at then McGregor after it, after the Mayweather money, it just, he then turned into, like we're saying, the Eddie Jones, trying to put out narratives. Oh, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. And you can see, and it's like, we we're, everyone, the world over then could see, it's like, Connor, no, you're not anymore. You're not. You've lost it to an extent. And, and you could just see it. You know, you could see it. You could see the the vulnerability nearly even when he was fighting cowboy and when he's come back it's like no you're not the same person anymore and and he couldn't get back to what he was and i feel just maybe the money was probably it or he just got too attached to that yeah it's something i, I speak about that quite a bit man i talked about that uh with the all blacks quite a bit to be fair like when i was doing content um from 2019 and 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 so generally that when we generally if, if you have a lot of success and there's you imagine the amount of external energy right building you up it's almost the um 
the nature of the ego is to cling on to it because the nature of the ego is to be the best and the highest. And then once you bring all that energy into a centered point, then you're losing. It's like trying to fit. It's like a, a Coke bottle, right? The, the amount of power that can flow through that, you're limiting it. And as soon as you're attached to that, that power is pretty much limited because you're identifying with it. You know what I mean? You're identifying with the, the highest success and status. And, and it, it, it pretty much like um, it, it dissipates in a way and you you lose that, you lose what was there. And um, I, with, you know, and I think that it's what happened, like I, with the All Blacks, they, they, when they pretty much were at probably the lowest point of, uh, since I've watched them, seen, like I've never seen the coach or my assistant sacked, um, you know, the media, which I, which I think, like, that's not having a go at anyone, man. I think that's as human beings, we've got to realise that, like, again, if you, if you look at uh, celebrities, Hollywood, it's, it's kind of, a, it plays out, right, where there's a whole egoic uh, attachment and the, the cycle of, it's like a cycle of, you know, you go back down, you know, you, you want to, then you want to chase it, right? So they talk about, like, drug addicts, so you think of someone like the Gregor man, you're on this high, and you, you've kind of lost that high. You just want to get, you want to chase it. You want to get there. You know, it's, it's, to be fair, man, with Israel Adesanya, I thought when he fought Pereira again, I was like, man, how's he going to do this? He wasn't looking himself. And then during, like, I, I thought, I thought, oh, man, I, I can't see him doing this. It's like, so he would have to pretty much transmute everything within him that's happening subconsciously because he was, he was showing these signs of that. And then in the week into the fight, you just seen him, like, transforming things, man, like, transforming everything. And he talked about it himself, that he was kind of doing that, like, looking in the mirror and facing his dark side and looking at, you know, if he had lost. And it was, that's a, for me, that's one of the coolest things I've seen. It's crazy how he was able to do that. Uh, but again, like we, when we're talking about it it's from presence, it's not, it's not it's, when, when you talk about psychology by design, it's, it's working within the mind, right? Patterns and analyzing how the mind works. And to, do, to, to look at what Adesanya did, it's like he's, he's completely going beyond the mind into the subconscious and into like, you know, he, he says like he needed to connect with his ancestors and things that make sense, but not in a Western worldview. You know, but that makes sense, like in a, in a like moldy world, it's just normal. So, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And <laughs> so interesting, you speak there. It's a very kind of core concept within everything we're saying here. Say, I suppose spirituality might be like an overarching umbrella to to say to to try and label it, but is detaching from the success, and that is what it is, and it it feeds into all our lives all the time in that say you know you win a game you if you're an athlete and you win a game you want to attach that but you have to let go of that and go back to the work that you did to get you to that game or you know something is a success you put out a creative piece of work and it's really successful you have to detach from that success straight away like 
you can't stay attached to it or you fall down. And that's, you know, where you mentioned the All Blacks. It's, I think that's possibly what happened in that they attached that success that they had over that eight, nine years and, and they fell pretty hard. And we'll see where they're at. But, you know, it's it's mad and it's it's challenging, but it's actually very peaceful then when you do it, when you learn to do it and you bring awareness to it. Because when you're constantly attached to that success, you're kind of scared. It's like, oh, will people see me for the fraud I am if I don't, uh, you know, I need to put up this or I need to be successful again. And then when you're needing to be successful again, that's not a good place to be, to be playing from, to be creative, that you can't be creative so much. It's, uh, yeah, it's just constantly having to detach from all that around you. Yeah, it's not um, the world we live in. It's um, it's pretty challenging. I have a lot of empathy for people, man, because I've seen it in myself how strong it is. Like, you know how much momentum there is, and you know how much that that party wants to. Because when you think about growing up, like you know, it's always cool to have the this, or it's cool to have the cool car, or you know, and like the energy, society, and people around you put into that and social media it's just it's enormous man it's enormous so you know we're pretty much i think we're all a function of that in some way as human beings we're all unconsciously have those drives and and again coming back to if you want it if you're wanting to uh sort of go go beyond those drives and not have them control you not have them you know direct to what you're doing and thinking and how you're acting being attached and so on you've got to go pretty deep inwards man it's not very comfortable so you know most people i don't know it's it's way easier to like you're in new zealand man like right now where you know it's it's way easier to it's pretty the drinking culture there you know, it's, it's easier just not to, mate. You know, whatever you do, it's painful, it's depressed. But what it's like, it's like putting the lid on the kettle, right? It, 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 you just kind of give, you kind of give those drives more power, right? They're going to come back stronger, and it's not a very good, um, yeah, it's not a good way to do it. Yeah, and the way that, like, just even personally, like day to day, like you mentioned there, how the momentum and how we all are kind of conditioned to that and being attached to it and 100 percent and it's a it's a daily work on for me or daily aware bring awareness to for me i'm not you know i don't think i don't know is there a cure is there a word but it's not a black and white and in a way it plays out for me is being attached to instagram followers download numbers on the podcast how many books have sold etc etc or just constantly and and then yeah just getting attached to that and then you the way it feeds in then is obviously self-worth and you start to then bring self-worth to it and and that's just the cycle that's the cycle then uh, which is just shocking whereas yeah you have to let go of it all and the thing is then which is challenging is that you obviously have to let go of the success like we're, we're talking about it's easy to let go of the failure but it's hard to like when you lose a game it's it's somewhat easier to forget about it and, and to get stuck into your work and to to focus on the job at hand but it's harder to let go of the success and focus on the job at hand and yeah that's 
just something I find, yeah, find myself, which, yeah, is, cha- is a, is a, it's a, yeah, a daily, I would say, challenger, bring awareness to, you know, Brian, stop, you know, Brian, stop constantly, you know, Brian, stop. I'll find, I'll see myself do it, stop, you know, or checking numbers or this, that, the other, stop. How many likes did this get? How many plays did this really, whatever, 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 bullshit, you know, and, and it's so easy to get caught up in it, but, um, just have to keep bringing awareness to it stop yeah it's it's a bit of a i know that um people can talk about the battle within right like i've heard a native american something like the, the wolf the wolf you're feeding i don't know you've probably heard of it they put a bad wolf i think that we need to realize like especially if you're in a small team you've got to realize that um I think that a good way to look at it is that ego is, is more collective because it's not really an individual thing because if you think of the patterns and how it all, it's, it's really, it comes from society, right? It comes from, you. we're not born like that. It's, we're conditioned and it's a societal conditioning. So like if you're in a team or whoever you are, you'll realize, if you can realize that, that part of you, that, that, uh, if you break it down right, we have an image, and that, that image is we're who we, we think that's who we are, and that's all we are. And so basically, who we think we are through that image defines us, and then so we try and add to that. And this is all unconscious, right? We want to like with anyone on social media, get a lot of likes, followers, whatever, and if things go well, get a job. But like, you know what I mean? You you're. Um, that you're getting attached, getting a bit high off it. If you're not, if you don't recognize it, you're just gonna be, you'll be doing it without being aware of it. That's that's what's kind of normal, I think, in, in Western society where people just go around uh, unconsciously living like that, and they're not even, they're not, not aware of it at all. They're like, you know, they'll get depressed if their lights go down, happy when they're out, it dictates your entire way of living. So. Uh, yeah, I think if, if it can be understood more that, that, you know, it's just part of the construct of where we're at as people, and it's, you know, it's, it's quite, it should be normalised, I think, because it's just the way, it's just reality now. Like, uh, too, too many times I think we're trying to escape from what's really happening because, you know, we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to look at things that are uncomfortable. We don't want to acknowledge things that, you know, it's not healthy, man. It's not like it's, it's, it's in terms of mental health, and, and then when you start looking at performance and stuff, it's. I think it's a pretty big problem, man. Eh, to be honest, <laughs> like it's huge, man. Like again, you're in New Zealand at the moment, and like the mental health stats and problems there are just they're kind of becoming uncontrollable. I think in a lot of ways. Yeah big time and yeah is uh is a huge problem and it's interesting you say there that it's only in the collective that it shows up which is so true and then when one is forced to be on their own for a period of time it can be it's challenging and the reason it's challenging for some people is because you're forced to look in because there's not this outside distraction going on around you that you can constantly distract yourself by. And that's what 
one does and that's what I've done did it for years you just constantly distract yourself by things around you you get your like we're saying you get your self-worth from things that are around you distract you these false things like that don't even exist to an extent like and like money is another one you know people like money actually literally doesn't exist I've heard it explained that it's just an idea in the human mind you know like like it was Fair enough, it was gold, which is an actual thing. But then it became paper, which like paper, I'm writing on a piece of paper now as I'm talking to you, making a note or two. And now it's just a literal number on a computer screen, your bank account. But that idea in the human mind that, and then the US government or every government can just change the number. So it's just an idea. You know, it used to be goats and cows or seashells that we've used to trade with. Whereas we we created this idea called money. And then that is something that once again people the ego people oh i am better because the number on my screen is bigger and it and then of course that can be just a, an individual thing like but then people want to obviously it spreads out in that i will buy a big fancy car so then people will think i am great and that's obviously such a huge insecurity but that's all the collective that's all the if you're living in the wilderness on your own you don't want to buy a big fancy car if no one's going to see it and that's just your ego and the ego is insecurity at the end of the day the ego is 100 insecure and it's never fed and that's the the crux of it all and that's something that i realized five years ago when i started just going within i suppose is that it's never fed and it's never satisfied and as a as an athlete i would have um the way it would have played out is constantly wanting to be the best and needing to be the best and and being that person winning games and and wearing being selected for certain teams and then i was that person who was on that team and then everyone saw me as that and i was great and etc cetera, etc cetera. and then when i hurt my shoulder and was just out everything was taken away from me and that's when i realized it's like you can't keep chasing the next promotion, the more money, the next car, the the partner, the, the good looking partner, whatever it is, all this different stuff, because it's never satisfied. And if you're chasing something that you can never catch, then you're just for your whole life, you are going to be unhappy, essentially. And everyone knows this. So, so the only way to then get away from this is to relinquish it all or to step away from it all or to say i'm not playing this game i'm not playing this game and that's very difficult internally there's a lot of it's very challenging to step away from the game and as we're saying you can get pulled back you can get pulled back into the game a lot you know the game pulls you back you know do oh you know you're feeling you're not feeling great so it's like oh geez maybe i'll just buy the buy some nice new clothes maybe i'll just you know, put up some photo online to get some likes, you know, maybe I'll just buy a, a new car is a big one, you you wouldn't just do that in a whim. But yeah, it's interesting. But once you you decide, like, no, I'm not playing this game, I'm stepping away, very challenging at the start, but then becomes just so peaceful. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, I think as well, we, we don't acknowledge the forgotten the 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 collective energy that's there, like the momentum to that. Like, if you think about being born, right? Like, I don't know, if in this generation or, you know, 
whatever recently um you imagine that what do they say the advertising messages we get, we get a day like thousands or tens of thousands and then the people around you uh the tv shows school which is pretty much a lot of it comes through the ideology of, of the political or so, social system that's in one day and then we get to 20 years of that you know what are we talking like 10 like it's just it's just incredible because that energy that we're not really aware of is when we talk about conditioning it's like that's what it is man i think that's why it can be very difficult the space that, that, that we both talk to people in that's kind of you know what i mean you kind of I don't know what a metaphor is. It's like a bullet train of conditioning coming at you that people aren't aware of. Usually, it's like man, like yeah. That's I just think it's huge. And my meet the momentum there, like karmically, you're thinking like thousands of years of human society. The momentum of that, you know, the ego, and wanting more and needing more, and it never stops. Right, you're feeding like a bottomless pit. Like the way that. I think a good good way to look at it is um, the planet is the separation and division of the ego inwardly is, is happening outwardly. Like it's quite insane that you you kind of destroying the planet, man, polluting the planet. That again, if you if you look at a paradigm of like a Maori Polynesian where you're intuitively and, and intrinsically connect, you are the planet. You're connected. See, you see the difference like you can go from sports psychology and then go to a completely macro context of the psyche and outlay it on something like how the environment's treated and you're seeing it manifest right because i think whatever's there internally individual and collective is going to manifest to reflect that so um and that's how our energy operates so yeah it's i don't know man it's, it's a, yeah, it's a bit of an out of control beast, man. In a lot of ways, what we what we're talking about, you know, like you sign a little ripple, and then you just keep that going for a few thousand years, and it's pretty big tsunamis that that are going to go on. And then the big part, man, is you know, like to, to realize that in your own psyche has to be like you know what I mean. It's really, like you, you couldn't do something. I think in your life you couldn't do anything more probably difficult i know it doesn't really make sense in a material world but i think you get what i mean yeah right it's it's kind of you gotta i, I think that's why a lot of spirit like we're talking spiritually that it comes from suffering like you don't choose no one would choose to you know sort of like man i'm, I'm in the i'm in the spot i need a emotional run away but if you've got a little bit of whatever to, to sit with that and then you're like like you were saying earlier it's like oh this isn't too bad and then you know and then you start to look at your negative emotions and stay with them and stay with your thoughts stay with the ego stay with that wanting stay with those pulls and it's like you literally that's why meditation so great you, you can sit with all of that man i've been doing it for 13 years now and you just you're sitting with it you know it's it's it loses its power and the energy can transmute into more presence and it also loses its pull and power because you're not identifying with or reinforcing it. So, yeah, yeah. 
hopefully people get get some of this because I know it, it goes a bit deep there. Yeah, it's like, no. it took me a long time to understand. Yeah, and with you mentioned there with being influenced and understanding what you're being influenced by, that's something huge. And we're that's we don't understand that until we understand it. And like you said about school, and the school system is created by the governments and the, of course and the political system and you know plays out in that the patriotism so we'll say in america every morning they they pledge allegiance to the flag and oh really yeah i think well wow. they did they did anyway for yeah. yeah that's something i pledge allegiance to the flag yeah in the schools and in ireland when i grew up we said prayers catholic prayers so and everyone knows in Ireland that the Catholic Church ran the country, essentially, from when we got our independence in 1916. So that's how they just, you know, got the collective, we'll say. And then another strand to this is that what I understood as well, or believed, you know, I've heard is that the school system is designed to create employees, factory employees. Mm -hmm. You know, from when the factories were from the industrial age, you worked in a factory for eight hours, nine, ten hours, whatever. And the schooling system is the exact same. The schooling system does not lead towards creativity or creative thought. You're not you were, aren't allowed to create or think creatively within the schooling system. When I was there, I, I believe things are changing a little bit now, but it's always been this is what's on the curriculum. Learn this. Remember this. I, I always remember put my hand up and you think about something, you go, oh, what about this? And they'd either tell you, shut up, you're a troublemaker just because you had a divergent thought or a good teacher would understand that you're just have a curious mind. And sorry, a good teacher would, would continue the conversation, step away from the lesson per se. And then a teacher in the middle would say, Brian, that's not on the curriculum. So let's get back to what we need to learn here. Do you get me? So um, yeah, it's it's interesting in that sense, and and then just with with everything we're being influenced by, like our phones, uh, everything, like everything we're being influenced by, just to bring understanding to that. And I suppose the the less yeah, the less stuff that you can be influenced by helps you get into the present moment more, and the more you can do that the better life is the more enjoyable life is and and a simple way a few simple ways i've found to help myself do that is don't open my phone for i started with the first hour of the day i've gotten it long now like now i'll get up around five go to the gym and get into work I stuck into some work and i genuinely am getting good at not opening it till maybe 11 noon or one i, I now have said one o'clock don't open it till one and that even means messages so like if you open your WhatsApp messages and someone sends you a message and says, oh, whatever, 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 that has gone into your mind. That's what's influencing you. So that will take you out of the flow state. So, you know, in the, like say in the morning and, you know, I'm doing some work. If I literally, okay, of course I go to the gym and other people are around. And of course there's influence. I'm not saying zero influences, but you help it helps me stay connected to the present moment to stay to stay present and and to yeah essentially just stay present and when you are present that's where creativity flows from 
And of course, well-being is tied in hugely with this because everything is all good in the present moment. That's the thing. It's another thing I remember learning reading The Power of Now when five years ago, whatever, and everything's all good. So when things aren't good, essentially you're thinking of the future, the past. You're and even still, then I, I remember child are kind of challenging with this thought or kind of going oh I don't know and and what about when someone dies or when you're in a free when some really bad accident or something really bad is happening once again you can cope you can cope you can you know it's not to say that it's everything sunshine and roses but 99.9 nearly all of the suffering we create in our minds like if you're if some burglar runs into the house now you'll you'll of course become very present because you'll get such adrenaline that you'll be kicked into the present moment and you will then be able to fight flight or freeze so you don't need to be thinking in the thinking mind about anything because even in that like challenging situation yeah you you'll be okay when you're in the present moment and then I suppose grieving or when something bad happens it's like of course yeah that's bad but but catastrophizing in your head you, and you you as we say you sit with those emotions and feelings and all that and you know you sit with it and but once again just all the all the bad stuff happens in the mind is when you're catastrophizing yeah 100 percent, mate yeah it's um i think i think i've Eckhart Tolle has said that he said something like 90 percent of what you think never happens or something like that like it's pretty much just a waste of energy or it's just your thoughts creating things and uh, and and again other other people who like um like krishna moody who talks about he's kind of like i don't know if you're familiar with him but um like a spiritual type guy he'll he'll pretty much say that exactly like what you're talking about that you you don't need it you don't really need your your mind like it's a tool but you, you have enough intelligence to spontaneously if you allow it to come it's it's if you just if you're very if you just still then you know you the intelligence is there like like you said with a burglar you don't think right you're just acting there's just a there's an innate response there's a there's an intuitive creative thing that uh not thing but um intelligence that that we have or wisdom that that we have as human beings which i think um you know, has been uh, lost a lot, suppressed a lot, and yeah, and and I and, 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 and like when I think about that that idea where you don't really need to, you don't need to think and predict and analyze and be logical. When I watch my, when I observe myself, I've you just notice it, man. <laughs> you can just notice so much, and you just. You know, to observe, like, say, if you've got something coming up and you're anxious and your your brain can be overplaying for a day, days, weeks, that anxiety is there feeding it because because you're telling your body, right, there's a threat. Your body thinks there's a threat, but it's your thoughts, really, because there's no, there's no, even like, like public speaking is one, man, which is difficult for, for anyone, really, uh, until you get used to it. And I haven't done a lot, so I, I wouldn't be comfortable. I wouldn't say I'd be comfortable doing that, but like that, like I've I've worked, I've talked with people about it who are trying to work on it, and it's it's crazy when you think that this is all an internal dialogue. 
because there's no danger, right? Like, like if you're going to go into a pit of lions, it's yeah, fair enough. You're going to probably be anxious for a week, but public speaking, really, it's a, the ego's threatened, right? There's no threat. Like, then that just shows how much the ego has control of us. I think the image we have, I should say, which isn't, it's not really who we are at all in, in terms of our, our, our being our presence, you know? Yeah. So. And you said a few great things there. Um, <laughs> I was, oh, I was just jotting down a few things and you mentioned them and, um, you mentioned intuition, you mentioned observing and not needing your mind and something I'm learning so much recently in that, yes, you actually don't need your mind. And I read many different areas, we'll say, in that, you know, you mentioned a couple of people, Eckhart Tolle, who, you know, Power Now, I mentioned, and then you mentioned another, another guy I haven't heard of him. And then um, I've read, you know, a guy, Joel Osteen, who's a religious person, a Christian, and, you know, they speak, religious people speak about God, or if you're, say, the, the Christians speak about God, uh, Muslims speak about Allah or whatever, and and once again, those words are the present moment. Spiritual people talk about the universe, and people who aren't spiritual or religious talk about the present moment. So you can talk about God, the universe, the present moment, but it's all the same thing, essentially. And so what religious people say is don't worry, don't stress, don't think about it, just forget it, relax and, and don't worry and God will show you the way. And then spiritual people say, don't stress, don't worry, relax, chill out. The universe will give you the answers. The universe will show you the way. And then I suppose you're, you're going to be one of the two if you're this way inclined, but the present moment is just another way of saying it. And it's so 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 true and i'm just it's funny because i just read different ways it's said it a lot of different ways but it's all the same thing and and then when you get out of that thinking mind it brings you into your intuition and your feel so when you're moving along your day you don't actually like you say you don't need your thinking mind it's it's beneficial at, at times you use it whatever of course but you use your intuition and feel and i'm reading a book now called the seed of the soul and oprah's one who's who kind of like talks a lot about it. she wrote the forward for it zukov i think his name is and he speaks about um multi-sensory that humans are evolving to be multi-sensory uh, beings versus using our five senses and it's so true because you know we've been conditioned to see feel taste talk, you know just to that's how we operate in the world around us and we have we have overruled our intuition and feel but it's so funny because we, we've nearly been conditioned grown up to no don't use that but that is that's the truth essentially that's the way forward and to bring this back to a sporting point of view that's what like you this is exactly everything that you talk about and that that's what it is is that you switch off the thinking mind you go straight into the moment and you trust yourself you trust if you're religious like habib or someone you're going to say trust god to to help you through it or you know you trust yourself it's a whatever way you want to look at it and that's where creativity flows from that's where your best ideas flow from and ideas come if you're an mma fighter if you're a rugby player the idea to give that switch give this do this da, 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 whatever it is you get the feel and it just comes to you you can't quite think it and be it in the a person going throughout your day it, everyone always says wait 
these brainstorming sessions, quote unquote, in the corporate world don't work, obviously. And everyone always says, oh, my best ideas come to me when I'm just playing with the dog, when I'm in the shower, when I'm out for a walk. Of course, because you've switched off the thinking mind and you've gone straight, you've gone into the present moment. And that's, as you say, your subconscious is, is the door is open to the subconscious and the ideas flow. And so that's just always a challenge is to, to switch off that thinking mind. And I suppose many, you know, we have tools to do that, quote unquote, and once again, every day, I am not present. There are times in my day, of course, and I get carried away like everyone. But it's, I, you know, I have my morning routine to, to help me begin my day in that way. And then I suppose two throughout the day then, like I've just, before I was chatting to you, when I said, sorry, five minutes late, I was in the sauna and it's just something that's brilliant as well. Like just that really helps you yeah. to um, just once again, Re, that's a phenomenal tool actually now that i think i only got back into it two weeks ago after not going into one for five months because i was just in ireland moving here and that's something that people listen to this who are just like uh oh, what are they on about or i don't really get it or but you'll get uh, i think it's somewhat understandable but go into a sauna for kind of 20 minutes and just breathe and just relax and feel that kind of uncomfortableness and just breathe through it and drink some water and just it'll like take all the energy the life out of you nearly or i don't know what, what words to put on it but then when you step out you're just so uh, quote unquote present or you're just you're yeah it's class yeah i've been going in the steam room here a bit i've, I've only been i've never done it but for like a couple of weeks and you definitely know i don't know how but somehow it, it does make you more present um and that's like i don't I, i'm not used to going staying for too long yet but I don't know what it is, man. Like whether it's the sensory overload or something, I don't know. It's, it's, it works somehow, though. <laughs> Who cares about how? Like, like I think that with ice baths, I've, I've never really done them much. Cold showers a bit, but again, they seem in terms of being present. It's it and for the body and how you feel, it seems pretty good. You know, like um, yeah. I was gonna say, mate, when you were saying about, um, I, th I think when we understand. If we, if we come to the logical mind, even a thought, if, if you've got an ego there and you're, you're attached to what you think, a thought, there's an underlying, there's always a, if you're acting from a self-centered, there's an underlying fear and anxiety, right? Like usually, because there's usually a, that's usually it's a, it's a protection mechanism or, so really like I, I found like when I observed myself even that, you just know, like noticing how much energy is wasted and thinking, it's just incredible and how it's unnecessary. And then like you, if you could catch that anxiety, catch those thoughts, then you can just transmute them in that moment and just be present. But it's a bit of a, like as an athlete, man, that's, that, that's like a, it's, it's pretty, it's a, it's a bit of a superpower, I think, as an athlete to be able to stay there and then, I, I wonder how many athletes can. This is something that I was, I was, I was thinking about recently. Not just your anxiety, but your three teammates next to you. Because usually that feeds on ours, right? We're usually unconscious of it. I think that when I look at that intuitively, it's as a group, it's a safety thing, right? As a group, if someone's anxious, bang, you all are. This, where's the danger? Where's the threat? But it's like, how much can. If you see what I'm saying, how much can one player with the entire, how much can they take and have that effect on a team? 
Like I, I think the the real like Cameron Smith in rugby league. I think he was a, a, it would have a huge presence and shift on the team's energy. And I don't know if he realised he was doing it, but I, like I, when I look at things, man, with life or sport, I just see the possibility because all, all religions of spirituality point to um, like being free of the ego completely, right? Like we're saying, not that you can't use your mind and have it, but the attachment and fear is not there. So that's the when I that's how I look at the possibility of that, like living in stillness and flow, intuition, spontaneity, and like, yeah, the potential of that. So when I talk about psychology, you see the difference, man. That it's just like you literally. It's like comparing, I don't know, a pool to the ocean. Like it's it's just so different, man. And going back to and you, like again, you're in New Zealand, mate. Like the um and the Maori, like Maori society, like um, probably further back than pre-European. I'm not saying that there's no ego and division and stuff there, but I think if you follow the language back and look at look at the language and the, the essence that's expressed. It, it comes from that. You know, it comes from a. I. Yeah, this is this one. This one getting a. I, I think, man, if you go back to ancient civilizations, that were way more advanced and had that, and had those energy fields as a society that they lived with. Like, there's people that I don't know if you've heard of Grant Hancock, but they talk a lot about this and look at archaeological evidence, all sorts of stuff. And that, when I look at the Maori language. If you, if you were to take it back like one or two thousand years, I think it, for me and truly, I think it's coming from a society that, you know, was more, it's, it's psychologically more advanced in terms of like, maybe like, um, I don't know, their presence and, and, and power. Like another thing like with, you know how in the Western language it's difficult to, um, well, this is this is in the Bible too, eh? Like the Garden of Eden. Like, there's a lot of myths about this. Like, a, you know what I mean? Like, a, like ancient Lemuria, like a place where humans were. There was that presence and love. It was just a higher, uh, advanced civilization, and they had different technologies and stuff. But anyway, man, that's getting a bit off track. <laughs> but one thing on that, I'm gonna like in the Western language, it's difficult to talk about. It's a, it's, it can be difficult to talk about like being and presence and because it's it's not it's it's not within the duality of the Western language, right? The the, the, the mindset. But if you look at Maori Polynesian, if you look at the word mana, it encapsulates kind of all of that. You can talk about power, you can talk about presence, you know, you can talk about um, aura, you can talk about being. Can talk about probably well-being too. It, it, it's you see how it's expressing an energy, an energy field that I think it's difficult in, in the Western yeah language to do, man. Yeah, right. yeah. Brilliant point. Brilliant um, point there. Yeah, and it's so funny. Like I understood mana, and then kind of asked someone when I was starting to, under, you know, I kind of understood it. And then when I was starting to, and then kind of understood it, and I kind of asked someone, just, just curious, you know, I was like, what, what exactly does it mean? And then they were just like, uh, and they're stumped. 
because they can't find the word like you there you're trying you're searching for words that and i bet obviously none of the words you're exactly comfortable with so you start saying more words around it and you're kind of bits of each of the words and you're you know you're you, there isn't an exact trans of course there isn't but people understand people who know it understand it and energy feels something so interesting as well and you know that we are energy and you meant and the way to understand this fear uncertainty and doubt those three things from my understanding what i know there's no benefit at all ever ever to feeling any of those there is no benefit ever to fearing anything there is no benefit ever to being uncertain about anything there's no benefit ever to doubting you know and once again because like that what that is 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 you're living in the future your mind you're in the future and you're you're creating negative energy and if anyone wants to you know people i used to be the one oh energy feels bullshit oh these <laughs> crackheads crack are you know these 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 people are just away with the fairies watch it you you start fearing something being uncertain about something or doubting something and look at how your body feels bring awareness to how your body feels and that's what and then people can feel it off you another way with energy feels is you only need to walk into a room with someone and you can you can feel their energy and if and you don't even need to look at their face you don't need to look at facial expressions someone can have their back turned to you and you can feel their energy and that's your intuition and once again, what we're going back to, you're feeling intuition and you can feel it. And in the same way, you know, talk about people at mana and, you know, you can feel their energy as well. And it's once again, it's not a thinking thing. It's a feeling thing. And so sometimes I've just found once again, myself, just bringing awareness to it, the fear, uncertainty and doubt. It's just, I once again, do it all the time, all the time. I, I have fear about what will happen in the future. I, I doubt I doubt or I you know and it's just bringing awareness to it straight away it's like Brian stop you know or just to breathe and to you know breathing is obviously the the number one tool that we all have right away to get back to presence and there's a lot of talk about breath work and this that the other but once again a lot of the talk is in the the like we'll say the thinking mind is like oh so if I do breath work or if I breathe then all is good is it or you know but what it is is to get you out of this um often actually when people talk about breathing breath work this that the other is is because it's to use as a tool to get back to the present moment when one is feeling fear uncertainty and doubt because yeah they're literally i don't know what are your thoughts on it but i, I literally from my understanding there's no benefit ever to fear uncertainty doubt yeah like 100 percent, man i think when you break it down if you look at the root of it the psychological fear right because like, if we understand how the mind and ego works, it's kind of active almost all the time. So in some way or another, the psychological fear that and thoughts and doubt that we create is linked to that, that pet or whatever, the ego that, that's there, the insecurity. So, And, you know, it, it's in, in a deep sense, it's it's not even real, right? It's it's an it's an illusion. Like, and, and, like if you look at the ancient Hindus, they, they use the word Maya, the mind play, like it's an illusion. And in a, in a sense, it kind of is because, like, you can then um, 
you, you can you can you can no matter what's there you can if you just become present then it's it's gone so how, how real is it right do you see what i mean how how real is it that you can just switch it off and some people for their entire lives it's switched off it never really comes back you know so then i know this is a bit philosophical but um <laughs> like i like to break it down into the psychological fear and then and then there's actual fear like there's actual anxiety which is you know which is as a human beings is it's a good thing we probably would have been extinct without it without you know what i mean but we've kind of lost that being in tune with it like because what what i think tends to happen is let's say an athlete you've got a big game coming up you know if there's a, a, and then the anxiety comes and then your thoughts reflect that and if you're not really if you're not if you're not used to getting stepping out of that depending on how present you can be or how much you're attached to your thoughts or you know how much ego there is then you, you kind of that anxiety is being fed by your thoughts see what i mean whereas another athlete like i think adesanya does it pretty well that anxiety is coming to him but he can keep his mind out of it and it's just energy it's it's quite a difference right there that the energy gives you you know all sorts of the power to act and more energy and whatever testosterone but then that's a natural very very natural and I, I think that's where you want to be as an athlete for sure but i'm not sure i don't know what you think but i'm not sure how many athletes can do that like i think that's very high level man like to be honest most of the in rugby most of the team people i've worked with to consciously do that i don't know consistently I, I, i'm not sure man it's hard to say like i don't obviously i don't, I don't know so loads of players i don't play but i guess my point is is like i think that's high level man like adesanya is someone i think um he kind of sees and shows videos it so it's like you know he, he must be doing that you know what i mean I'm not yeah. sure. I don't know what you reckon that they can really do that. What do you reckon? That's no, you're yeah. you're 100. Um, I fully understand. And that anxiety is interesting. The point you make there, the two types of anxiety, and what you know when you were just talking, I was just conceptualizing it in my mind. And um, the the first anxiety obviously is the ego in that fear of losing, fear of messing up fear of looking silly that's all the ego whereas the true anxiety which is as you said is real and has helped us evolve is an MMA fighter it's very normal for them to worry about their well-being a rugby player also you know I you know and I, I remember before big games certainly you know we play in you know, I remember playing against the Leinster 18 months, Brad Thorne was playing these other players that like they're they're big physical men and like you're you're going to war essentially. So there's there's an understandable level of that. But so there's two types, and like you say, yeah. And as you said, when the second one you get energy from, because when you have that kind of fear with that, sorry, that sorry, that anxiety 
you sit with it and you you don't transmute it into the th fear and start to think about it you feel it and you sit with it and then you start to become like a caged lion and you start to allow that energy to fester within you and you breathe and you have presence and so you're in a dressing room before it and you're feeling all this stuff and it's normal to feel it and then you use that and you're just breathing and allowing it feeling it all go through your body and you see yourself, and that's how I used to before I'd stop playing, but you see yourself then as a caged lion and you're just like ready to go. And then when you step onto a field, you can go hard because you have all that within you and you're unleashing it all, erupting it. And it's it's all beneficial in your your what you're doing there, essentially being in battle, being in war. And that's the same for millennia or, you know, for as long as we've been around, we've used it in that way as energy. But the anxiety that most people feel around games uh, they feel both everyone feels both and everyone knows it too but a lot of it is the fear of the first one the ego what if i mess up what if i lose what if i get dropped what if though all those and once again then we're kind of mentioning this at the start but when you can detach from outcomes then that goes away like I remember as well, I started to be like, I don't, I remember being like, I don't give a fuck if we lose. I, I literally stopped caring. I, and I was in a team, you know, as well as I was growing up, I played in teams I loved. And then, you know, I just joined team in Canada or whatever. I didn't love the team or anything, but I just like, I don't care. I don't care. And I, and that's a big thing, actually. And it's come up in this podcast a bit that players, when they stop caring, they play better. And I don't care if us you know, we're, we're so worried about if we get picked or not. We're so worried about if we win or not. We're so worried about if we'll win all our lineouts or win all our, you know, make all my kicks. But when you stop caring about everything, that allows you to detach from all of it. So that's just, once again, we talk about tools is a, a very simple tool. And the same in business. If you're a salesperson or if you're a CEO or anything, stop caring, stop caring. You know, stop caring about the number, the quarterly number. Stop caring about this. Stop caring about it. And then you'll see, you'll feel a release of, you'll feel like a weight comes off your shoulders because all of a sudden that anxiety is gone. And for people in business or other stuff, there isn't the real anxiety, actually, I don't feel, because there's not, there isn't the real anxiety. You know, in sport, it's real. In contact sports, it's real. In non-con you know i suppose other sports you could do your acl but it's not really real you know if you're going to play ultimate frisbee or something it's there's not really any real there's no fear you're not going to die whereas you know real contact sports you know so i actually someone was doing talking about this a while back i heard them and then they were kind of uh, I don't know if it's mental skills, psychology, or maybe someone was having a go at it, but they're they're trying to explain the anxiety about fear of failure and whatever, whatever, and how it's not real and whatever. And they're like, before a rugby game, come on, like, and I remember being like, no, like you can die, like, you know, like I remember having concussion, and you get like you get battered, absolutely battered sometimes, and so and you remember that fear, and it's like, and of course people don't often die, people have died, but. There is a fear of your well-being, for sure, for sure. People, I've seen people be carried off the field with their leg hang, with their ankle hanging because they've got a double leg break. I've been there myself, doing your, my shoulder, doing this other stuff. So, 
so there's a real you know you can't die yeah and it's and that's normal you know there is real safety concerns going into a game so um but once again as we say that you sit with that that anxiety that feeling and you use it to just give you energy yeah and people talk about again Eckhart Tolle you talk about um severing the link between your thoughts and the, and the anxiety so if you can just stay with the emotion then we're in a far better place it's like and, and again that comes back to sports psychology it, it's not it's more about it doesn't really do that it doesn't really go into the sub into the energy like it's it doesn't really technically like i'm not saying you can't but the the, the power the, the you know the the design of it doesn't really do all of that so then how are you a lot of what my thing is well, how are you going to change that, shift that, understand that? You know what I mean? It's a, it's a different world, man. So, you know, there's there's a lot of limitations when you're, you know what I mean? When you're you're in the paradigm of the mind and the, the controller and the, you know, you know what I mean? You you got to sort of not be the controller. You know, you got to just be still and present and allow whatever's there to be there and stuff. And, like when I think of myself, man, as an example of some of the stuff is, if I go back to when I was 25, when I, you know, never even heard of anything religious or spiritual, to be honest, at all, like barely, like I, you know, might have might have heard of the Bible, but that was about it, like you know, barely anything. Like if I think living then, being a hundred percent within whatever you're rejecting in your mind. And you know, no, no idea to discern that you just are that. Like you are the high, you are the low. You're getting down and up, getting drunk, and whatever, whatever you're doing, pleasures, pains, zero separation of. You see, we we're talking about an awareness of essentially thoughts, emotions, what's happening. So most, like when we look at it, it's normal to have zero awareness. And if I think of myself at that age. Like if I come to now where I try and be still enough that I can live my life and interact with people and be aware of not only my own thoughts, maybe anxiety, patterns, desires, attachments, but also other people and their energy, like you said, um, whether whatever they're like, maybe they've got a big ego or really dense or really anxious, whatever, whatever it is. to the difference in being not aware to aware, it, it's just, and then as an athlete, I, like I think we're, mate, I, I say, people think, uh, people don't usually believe me when I say we're like 5% of the way into mental performance. Like, I think people just think that, I don't know, a lot of people think that, um, I'm not, I'm not sure. I just, I don't think there's much understanding of what I'm saying because, when I see it, my, with even myself, it's like then you then you bring in your own intuitive intuition and creativity that acts because I think we, we we fail to understand that you're acting based on the energy around you, which you can never conceptually, you know, get a um, you can't culminate all of that and like it's beyond the it's beyond the thinking mind. And to to see to, when you observe that. Like you might move out of the room or say something, be quiet, 
it's, it's weird, man. It's like be, if you, if you try and be in flow in everyday life, and you're not really the operator, but you're aware of what's happening. It's it's very I don't know. Like I, I'm not saying like I'm, I'm an expert at it, always like that, but I have enough of a realization to to see you can live like that. And I think like the best athletes do, like Michael Jordan, and living in this presence. And um, yeah, the, the comparison is just unbelievable, man. Like, because because then like you know you can kind of understand someone's intentions, good or bad. Um, if someone's anxious and you can kind of sense that there's a lot of trauma in them. Like you're opening up a whole a whole new dimension, literally, man. The way you can act and maneuver and you know bring your own attention back and learn and, and then translate that to sport and performance. Yeah, the the, the potential is just incredible, man. It's just incredible, bro. Um, yeah, I, I think it. The fact that I think that, you know, it's with with the, I've talked a bit with mental performances. What's what's cool is hopefully the evolution that you can kind of see it, and hopefully that that happens. Um, but I think it, it it can be frustrating that for me, it, it can be frustrating that it's so far away from it. Like I, I don't think many people. I don't know what your opinion is, man, with, with, with your, your experiences, man, but it's frustrating because not many people understand what you're really saying. You know what I mean? Which is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit like, you know right. what I mean? Man, I'm talking, I'm talking with personal conversations with international level players, coaches, environments. Like, I'm not just saying that. I'm saying, no, no. I'm aware of certain what where the energy is, and mate, I could be talking Chinese, and that's a top level, and and uh, you know, like, yeah, you see what I'm saying? I don't know what your your opinion is, man. A hundred percent, no, a hundred percent, I do, and it's like the equivalent is like I said, mentioned there, and that if someone were to say to me when I was about twenty three. Yeah, yeah, energy field. If someone was talking about an energy field, I would have just said that absolute quack. <laughs> he hasn't a clue. Like I was like, I would say, get him checked into a mental well, no, that's asylum. The normal, that's the normal response. Like when I talk with super level coaches, players, that's the normal response, man. Like maybe not normal, but I don't know. It's 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 just not an easy thing to. You know, it's not like you're doing conditioning, right? Where it's, oh, yeah, sweet. It's sort of, yeah. it's talking about the unknown a bit. Yeah, big time. Yeah, big time. But like you say, the best, the best get it. And all of, and an interesting way to maybe look at it is the fear of failure. So that's the biggest thing. You know, I do work in schools now to work with you know teams and and the biggest thing is the fear of failure you know i chat to the coaches before i work with them uh, you know how's the team what's the just have a chat oh fear of failure you know they're all and obviously that's not helped by the coaches because the coaches in the coaches breed it 
they they are yeah. they, they the coaches you know yeah oh, when something doesn't work out oh you know yeah. when, you know when the ball go, man it, it actually kills me when the ball gets dropped hands up ah, and everyone just losing their shit because someone yeah. you know and, and it's like oh my lord i literally i find that so challenging to be honest and then yeah for players it's like fear of failure but the goats, the ones who, like we say, transcend and and just Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Israel Adesanya. You know, you talk about all these people. Fear, of fa- they literally they have no fear of failure. They have no fear of failure. Like, and that's something when I'm doing once again doing talks, workshops. I'll get quotes from these people, and I read these quotes when I was younger. To be honest, and you know, I get like Kobe talking for a minute on it, and it's oh. I feel, I hope that it starts to kind of just maybe get some wheels turning in the minds, like, uh, you know, and that's all I can do. You know, I don't feel like in a half hour or an hour session that you can, you can completely, you can't, but you can just get some thoughts going and yeah, they, the best, they, they don't fear failure at all. So that allows them to be in the present moment and that's why they're the best. Cheers for listening in today. I hope today's podcast helped you on your journey. Be sure to check out the show notes in the description for a rundown of today's episodes and all the important links. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to be an absolute legend, please share it with a friend on social media or by text and let me know what you enjoyed about the episode over on our social media channels at Brian Moylet. I really love hearing your feedback and it helps us make the pod better. Also, please subscribe to the podcast on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts And on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts, you can leave up to a five-star review. If you're in sports or business and you want to get better results, you feel like you're capable of more, you want to be happier, more fulfilled, more successful in what you are doing, head over to my website now, offfieldrugby.com, and we'll set up a time to have a chat for free. You can get my new book now on Amazon and Audible, and the links are in the show notes. Thanks, Emil, for clicking in today. Have a brilliant rest of your day. Cheers.